You are listening to the Compliance Conversations podcast by Healthicity. If you work in the healthcare industry, you know how crucial compliance is to your bottom line, your reputation, and the success of your organization as a whole. If this is your first time listening, welcome. A transcript of every Compliance Conversations episode can be found at www.healthicity.com resources, along with a ton of other thought leadership materials. You can add us to your RSS feed and iTunes, or follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Now, let's get on with the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Compliance Conversations. This is CJ Wolf with Healthicity, and today we have a couple of guests that I think you'll really enjoy and a topic that is, is really interesting. Um, Justin Larson and Julie Crane are our guests today. Uh, welcome to both of you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes, it's a pleasure. Excellent. Uh, Justin and Julie, one thing that we usually do on the podcast is we uh, give each guest an opportunity to briefly introduce themselves, you know, especially as it pertains to the topic we're going to talk about today. Um, So why don't we start with Justin and then uh, we'll let Julie introduce herself. Yeah, of course. Uh, Of course, my name is Justin Larson. I'm actually an employee of Healthicity um, and have uh, some experience and training in Reiki. So it's a, it's an extra uh, pleasure for me to be here today on our own podcast to talk a little bit about that and kind of uh, have those two worlds collide for me. So thanks for having me on the show, CJ. Yeah. Welcome, Justin. Looking forward to your uh, experience and expertise on the topic. Uh, and Julie. Yes, I, um, I have a background in nursing. I have a, a master's degree in nursing. Most of my experience is in women and children's. Um, and I became interested more in the, I guess what you'd call the energy therapy world around 10 or so years ago, I'm feeling like there needed to be more to assist people to gain wellness. And so um, that's when I became trained in Reiki and um, a few other modalities too. So that's kind of my story. Excellent. Well, good. I, I'm excited to, to jump in. I, I want to kind of preface the topic today with um, at the in the end of October of 2021, we at Healthicity, we had a webinar um, on integrative health. And, you know, at Healthicity, we're, we're all about compliance programs and management. And we spoke about uh, the emerging ever emerging and ever increasing use of integrative health techniques. And and then we talked a little bit about some compliance risks. So if you haven't listened to that webinar, that might be something of interest, but we decided to do this podcast as a deeper dive into just one of those many topics that we brought up on the webinar. And we're going to talk about Reiki. And, um, and that's why I'm excited to, to have Justin and Julie on the on the podcast because um, they do have this expertise. And so let's let's just jump right in. Um, I glad I'm glad I pronounced Reiki the right way yesterday. I'm, and you can correct me if there's a more appropriate way <laughs> to pronounce it. But let's let's just start and, and uh, ask this question: What is Reiki, and and where does it come from? Let's just start at the beginning. Yeah, Julie, do you want to take that one, or would you want me to take the first shot at it? Go for it. Um, All right. So Reiki is, like you mentioned, CJ, it's what's often, it's a subset of integrative uh, health therapy. Um, And it falls under the, what is usually called energy therapy um, kind of category. Um, In the past and in some other circles, it's been called energy healing, but I think that the community is leaning more towards energy therapy rather than healing overall when, when categorizing it. So Reiki 
is an energy therapy discipline that originated in Japan in 1922. Its discovery was attributed to a man named Mikao Isui, and his branch of Reiki actually continues today. But uh, similar forms of energy therapy were used in Japan and other places in the world long, long before that. And so Reiki is administered by the Reiki practitioner to the recipient by the laying on of hands or light touch, um, but it also can be administered without touch. And the idea is that the practitioner channels uh, ki, which is, you know, part of the word Reiki, which basically means life force energy through their body and out their hands to be received by the receiver. Um, and in terms of the benefits, uh, what the, the Reiki manuals, uh, well, I have a quote from the one that I had in my last training right here. And it, it says, Reiki is a Japanese technique for stress reduction and relaxation that also promotes healing. And I think that part about that it, it doesn't heal, but that it, it promotes healing is, is a really key piece of how it works. Yeah. And, you know, we talked yesterday about um, kind of conventional medicine. Um, I think I shared a quote. And when I say yesterday, I'm talking about the the webinar that uh, we did that I mentioned at the beginning, where conventional medicine sometimes is just focused on like one organ system or one problem. Right. And um, not that it that it on purpose ignores the rest of the human. But, you know, if you're not consciously trying to uh, integrate all aspects of the human being in, into your healing uh, and into your treatment, then then you might be missing something. And so um, I think what you mentioned there kind of hits on that point. Julie, do you have anything to add kind of about what Reiki is and, and where it comes from? Um, just to kind of um, go off what you were just mentioning is, you know, that it is really about creating or adding to the systems that we look at. So traditionally, Western medicine looks, you know, very much at the physical system, but within the physical system, there are other systems like your cardiovascular system, your muscular system, your skeletal system. And, and we forget that we do have a system that's an energetic system. And um, that system is <clears throat> surrounds us. We are energy, just uh, we are created from energy. Energy is around us all the time. So it's not really that it's wooey or something crazy. We just have gotten so habitually used to the just addressing the physical system. So yeah. this just encompasses our, our energetic systems. And just like things can get kind of hung up and create dis-ease within our physical systems, that can also occur within our energetic system. And oftentimes that can be where our, prob our problems that are exhibited by our physical system actually begin as within the, in the energetic system. Yeah, interesting. Uh, before I, um, we get a little further, I'm sure there's people wondering, so Reiki, there are other um, maybe cultures or nationalities that also try to address this energy uh, in, in healing and in health. Um, is that true? And like, aren't there, are there ancient Chinese type of approaches to energy and those sorts of things? And we're going to focus on Reiki today, but could you just, if you know, mention these other types uh, of energy uh, approaches to healing and therapy? Well, certainly there are, you know, from the Asian perspective, whether Japanese, this is more of a Japanese based, um, there are Chinese based, Indian based, if you've ever heard about chakras or some people pronounce them as chakras, 
Those are, again, energy systems. And um, those are more from the Eastern Indian perspective. And I'm sure that there's probably even more than that that I'm not that familiar with. Okay. Justin, do you are you aware of anything you'd like to add to that? Uh, no, I think that's spot on. So with the, uh, the Indian, you know, traditional Indian medicine, I believe it's pronounced uh, like Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic medicine okay. um, relates, you know, to that chakra system. And there, are, there is a very large, uh, well, I mean, it's a completely holistic style of medicine as I understand it and a, a big emphasis on the human energy system. And then in Chinese medicine, you've got um, Shiatsu and the uh, uh, Meridian system which some people might be familiar with, with it, which is a system about the internal channels in the body of how energy flows through the body. Okay. Um, and the only other thing I'd want to add to that is because I come from a very uh, Western medicine oriented background. And to be really frank, um, like I'm a very skeptical person. <laughs> um, so as I've come into having experience with Reiki over the last few years, it's uh it was and often still is kind of a surprise to me that I find myself where I am. Um, and, and, you know, that's largely because of my personal experiences with it. Um, but the more I've looked into it and looked into, like you mentioned, you know, these older, um, you know, medicine approaches and healing approaches from different cultures, what I'm seeing or the way that I interpret this kind of resurgence and, you know, uh, interest in, in Reiki and other kinds of um, integrative therapies today I think I, I see it more as like a return to uh, something that we maybe lost or passed over, um, you know, in Western culture um, at some point. So it, to me, it feels a little bit more like a return to older ways of looking at the human system and health. Yeah, I think it's a great, great perspective. Also, you know, I wonder, uh, you know, a lot of us, and this is anecdotal, but a lot of us have probably experienced where kind of this conventional Western medicine uh, hasn't solved all the problems, right? And so uh, it may be taking care of some issues, but I think individuals may still feel stress or depression or anxiety or lack of energy and these types of things. And we're, and we're searching, right, for other approaches that can, can make us more whole. Um, and so I, I think that approach and that type of thinking is probably in a lot of people's minds. And I think it's, it's why some of these um, modalities are increasing in, in frequency and, and people have an increased interest in it. Um, so it, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, well, so what does a session in Reiki look like? Like, do I go somewhere? Is somebody, you know, what are they doing? Um, could you maybe explain like from when the when a person shows up to somebody who practices Reiki to the time they leave um, and maybe the frequency in which they, they visit, what, what is the session or a proposed treatment um, schedule look like? Yeah, Julie, I'll pass that one off to you first, if you're okay with that. I'm happy to take that. I think it can look in a variety of ways. I personally have received Reiki treatments before I went on and learned it and in those treatments, I, I went in and I had an hour where I basically enjoyed laying down on a table, listening to some meditation music, um, feeling incredibly relaxed as the practitioner went ahead and did Reiki during that time. And, it, and, and it, you kind of have this sense of almost a euphoria 
um, and balance when the session is complete, kind of like after a massage. Okay. Um, just that really, you know, I, I, other than euphoria, I'm not sure how to describe that, but just, uh, just, you just feel really good. And, um, I use it. I also do um, faith-based life coaching and other types of things. And so I just kind of incorporate mine into whatever I'm inspired to do with that particular person that day. So mine don't always look like the traditional Reiki um, session. So I think as practitioners become more familiar with what how they want to incorporate it within their practice, it can look in a, in a variety of ways. Oftentimes it is associated with some other kind of modality or treatment, such as, you know, I know some that use them with singing bowls, which is a vibrational healing source or again, meditation or music. Um, all of those types of things help provide. I think what we're looking for as we struggle with the word healing is what Reiki and other similar modalities do is it's based on the premise of trying to bring the body into balance because the body is out of balance for some reason. And if you can bring the body back into the balance, into balance, then the body has an opportunity to heal itself. So it's not that Reiki heals anything. It just helps to bring the body back into balance so that the the body can take care of itself. Yeah. You know, the body is an amazing thing, right? And one thing I learned in in medical school, the first thing it told me is first do no harm, right? Get out of the way. The body can do a lot and don't Mm -hmm. do something to somebody that is going to make a situation worse or prevent the body from doing what it does well, right? Um, We've evolved over thousands and thousands of years to uh, our bodies are, are pretty good at helping us survive. Um, before I let Justin comment, can, can you comment on, is the practitioner touching you? Are you flipping over kind of like in a massage, you know, halfway through the massage? Um, <laughs> is there, uh, you know, what are, are they talking to you? Are, is it better when you're quiet and you're thinking of something else? Like what some more mechanics about the, the session? Well, y- you don't have to be touched in order to receive a Reiki treatment. So if that's something that you're uncomfortable with, you can just let the practitioner know that you prefer not to be touched. Um, you It can involve touch. So what I do with, with the clients that I work with is I usually just visit with them a little bit to see what they're comfortable with, if they're okay, you know, if I do touch them or if they would prefer not to. Um most of the time, I do not have clients um, roll over because I don't want to disturb the balance that we're creating and what I can do can be done without that. So, okay, um, just through intention. So basically, I, you know, it can just be a session where you just came in. I know on several when I had them, I, I just fell asleep and it was wonderful. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the best when the receiver <laughs> falls asleep, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Justin, what are your thoughts about what a Reiki session might look like? And it sounds like there could be some variation too. So, but just totally. And yeah, I think each practitioner has a little bit of their own flavor that they build into their practice. Um, Since I've gotten into it, you know, I have now had some more exposure to receiving energy work or being present for it from other practitioners. And 
common things like Julie mentioned is, you know, most sessions start out with like a short interview, especially if it's, you know, the receiver's first time with that practitioner. Um, you know, if they need to have background information about Reiki, you know, answering some of the questions we're answering here, explaining how it works and, you know, kind of setting those expectations, explaining what's going to happen in the session um, and, you know, discussing that person's reason for, for coming uh, to receive energy therapy. Um, and then, you know, at, at a certain point, you know, the, the person will typically get into a comfortable position. It can be sitting, um, can be lying down. You know, I think most practitioners use massage tables. Um, and that's when the session uh, really begins. And, you know, if the person is opted into light touch, you know, Reiki practitioners will typically touch the person like on the shoulder, places on the head, uh, you know, briefly and lightly while um, transmitting that energy to them. And from there, I mean, outside of that as a basic template, like Julie said, it can be all over the place. Um, I use a lot of sound therapy instruments um, in my practice and uh, stones and crystals as well, which I found to work really well for people who receive. Um, and then other practitioners might integrate all kinds of different things into it, including, including talk. That's one of the things you mentioned, guided visualization, guided relaxation. Relaxation is a big piece of Reiki. So are, are these things that you typically schedule, like somebody comes in once a month, um, do people come in once or twice and then they're done? Um, I suspect that it's something that you repeat, um, but, but what are your thoughts on kind of frequency? Um, I think that it's best when a person can be uh, kind of on a regular schedule for it. It depends on the person, somebody, if their need is really acute, they might want to come in once every week or every other week. Uh, most of the time, what I've found to be the most common is people do once or twice a month um, if, if they're going to be doing it on an ongoing basis. Um, and sessions, that's something else. That's what I wanted to mention, just remembered. Um, session lengths can be uh, all over the place, depending on what the person wants or needs. Um, sometimes as short as a half an hour, I've had sessions that lasted two and a half hours if that's what the, the client needed and, and wanted. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you know, when we were on the webinar in October of 2021 talking about this, um, I, I mentioned that there are clinical trials, right? So a lot of us that come from kind of this conventional or Western medicine approach, a very academic type of approach, you know, or, or an approach where, you know, evidence-based medicine, right? Where um, you leave out the anecdotes and you you study it in populations to see, does this have a real effect um, for certain types of populations? And I mentioned that the Mayo Clinic was, was involved in a, a clinical trial on Reiki. Um, I shared uh, some sites from the NCCIH, which is a government site on kind of integrative health. Um, what, are, what are, to both of you, are, what's your knowledge of, of those kinds of studies and, and are you aware of, of findings um, so that you know, people who might not like this might just be really out in left field for some people, just because we've probably been trained to uh, look at medicine a certain way. Um, what kind of evidence is there that you found or that you're aware that that research is being done in this area? Um, so, yeah. Uh, I've done a little bit of digging into that. It was actually, I, I was really closeted about my practice of Reiki, like I mentioned before, because I'm a, a, a fairly skeptical and empirically minded person. And I was really practicing kind of in secret, if you will, for, I mean, on myself. 
um, for a couple of years until I went back and received another training. Uh, and that's when I was alerted to the fact for the first time that there had been quite a, a bit of study around wake Reiki. And since then, um, I've uh, done some digging into that and kind of tried to understand the lay of the land of what evidence is out there. And what I found is that there are many studies that point to um, the efficacy of Reiki, um, some that suggest um, uh, hard scientific proof that it uh, improves you know, health uh, and medical treatment results beyond just the placebo effect with uh, you know, having control groups and all of that. Right. Um, but like with so many other things, uh, you know, you, you can Google this stuff, right? And you can find a counterpoint for almost everything that's out there. Right. Um, and I think, you know, if a, if a person's used to doing that kind of research, I think it's really important to, to dig into how each study is done. Most of the ones, even the ones that are counterpoints to its efficacy, there's usually a, 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 a fair-minded statement about, you know, how that, that study was done and why it may not have produced the results that were hoped for or expected. Um, but what I would say is kind of the punchline, at least as I interpret that landscape of, of research, is that most people and the more and more recent studies are pointing to the need for more studies and more tightly controlled studies because there yes. seems to be sufficient evidence to warrant it. And that's so true with anything in medicine, right? Um, you know, even like cancer trials and, you know, one study doesn't dictate uh, future treatment usually uh, because in science, you're, you're trying to control all the variables except for one. And that's the variable you're studying, right? That's the, the implementation of a certain therapy. Um, and it's, I like the way you put that. It's really a body of evidence over time that moves us in a direction to kind of fine tune the research, um, make sure that the research study is, is designed appropriately. And like you said, any good study, there's always going to be a discussion at the end of the, of the article or paper that says these were the drawbacks of the study, right? This is what, you know, future studies should focus on. This is where we, you know, we may have missed things. Um, and so that's really good. And maybe Justin, um, on the, on the podcast, uh, notes, we can include some links to some of these studies that might be interesting for, for folks. Definitely. Yeah. We can make sure that that, that happens. And yeah, I completely agree with what you just said. And Julie, do you have any comments on this? Uh, the only thing that I would share, you did bring up the Mayo Clinic, and I think they actually implemented uh, educating their nursing staff and teaching them Reiki. It's probably been around 10 years or so ago. And from what I understand, they have not, I don't know if they've continued to do research on it, but I believe that they still actively are using it. Unfortunately, I don't know that it's really spread to a lot of other um, healthcare corporate minded people yet, but, right. um, I think it's awesome that they're continuing to do it. And in different locations, you'll find different things. I worked for a while in Montana and, and many of the physicians there were more open to alternative and complementary types of therapies to assist their patients too. So, right. and I'm sure there's probably other areas that are like that. Yeah. Here in Utah, um, just from hearing around at the community, the other practitioners I know of, I'm hearing about it being integrated into addiction treatment therapies, into mental health services and all kinds of places, which is really exciting. Yeah. Well, anything that works, right. That helps all of us come to a, a more, um, 
kind of satisfied life and and more healthy life overall, not just focusing on, you know, taking a pill all the time. Um, I'm really interested uh, in both of your paths to this type of uh, treatment. Tell us about kind of the training that a practitioner receives. I'm I'm not sure if there's a licensure or if it's just, you know, you go to certain respected uh, training sessions. Tell me a little bit about how one becomes trained and how you know a practitioner is, is certified, if that's a thing or not. Um, go ahead. <laughs> okay. You got it. Yeah. Uh, well, I, that out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I can tell you what it's looked like for me and what I, what my take is on and how it tends to be for most people, as far as I understand it, which is Reiki. There is a training aspect to it. It's usually, um, you know, a series of, uh, kind of workshops or classes, um, I would say maybe, you know, on average about eight hours of, you know, in-person uh, classes, you know, per level, there are different levels of training in Reiki. Um, and so there is a training aspect, but for a person to be able, uh, I mean, per these traditions, uh, for a person to be able to practice Reiki, the kind of the centerpiece of the training is what is called an attunement or a placement which is that the ability to channel this energy has to be uh, passed from somebody, you know, in this lineage of, um, of Reiki practitioners to somebody directly, uh, which is uh, often with, you know, just through a, basically a guided meditation and that kind of thing. Uh, so there, there are, there is no licensure for it in Utah, at least, um, I'm not sure about other places in the country. I think that's something we can definitely see on the horizon eventually, uh, sure. but there, there is a certification. So, I mean, if you're ever in doubt about a uh, Reiki, you know, somebody proclaiming to be a Reiki practitioner, you should be able to ask for, to see their sort of certificate of having been trained. And is that certificate, does it come from like one institute or something? Like how would somebody know, like, you know, I could set up shop and pretend to be a, a Reiki um, training uh, school, right? So uh, what would that, does, who does it come from that, that kind of, uh, certification? Well, the first, well, the original branch is with, uh, uh, you know, started with that general gentleman, uh, Mr. Asui in Japan, uh, that branch is still exists today, you know, with a direct lineage of all of those practitioners who have passed this on to others. So, I mean, if you're really worried about it, Um, you could start there and look for, you know, people who have been certified in that branch. Um, And all of this you can find on, on the internet too, as well, including, you know, Reiki.org, Reikihealing.org or no Reikimedicine.org, I think is another one. Um, But since then there have been other branches that have branched off of the Asui tradition. Um, I've been trained in both Asui and uh, another one called Holy Fire 3. And I was also being the skeptical person I am. I was like, what are all these branches? And once I looked into it, um, I felt a lot more comfortable about it. So basically, if you can tie a person's certification back to, you know, an organization that's a Reiki organization and they can express, uh, you know, or document uh, their lineage back to the Asui tradition, um, I would feel comfortable with that myself personally. And Julie, any thoughts on that question? As far as uh, as some kind of certification or anything is, I think that's going to vary per states. I know there are states that if you're actually going to physically be touching a client, there are requirements around that. 
um, whether it's foot zoning or Reiki or whatever, if, if you're literally going to touch a patient, then there are certain requirements that you're going to have to meet. Um, Idaho and Utah, I don't believe, has those for um, that, that I'm aware of. I think if you're a, if you're a massage person, uh, practitioner, then that does require certification, but I don't right. know that they that they're as strict with the others. So for some, they may choose not to touch as part of their Reiki practice simply so that it eliminates that need for that additional certification. Okay. Um, so um, one thing that we mentioned in the webinar that I've referred to a couple times today uh, are potential compliance risks. Um, whenever there's some sort of newer modality Insurance companies tend to lack behind uh, um, in coverage and those sorts of things, and, and people want to get paid. Um, are you aware of any type of coverage from insurance companies? I'm suspecting the answer will be no. And and then if so, I'm assuming that uh, patients pay out of pocket type of thing. And, and from a compliance perspective, perspective, since this is a compliance conversation uh, podcast, uh, as compliance officers, we need to be aware of just and be transparent that, look, if, if insurance is not covering it, and we want to provide these types of services, then we you know, typically will have to ask for patients to pay. Any thoughts on, on payment and, and coverage? Well, I believe you're correct. I don't, I don't believe there is any payment source right now for that. Um, it's too bad, because I think it would offer more options to patients to be able to choose things. But for right now, anyway, in my business, it is a cash, you know, payment plan for folks if they choose to come have it. Right. Okay. Yes. That's, that's been, that's been my experience too. Okay. And um, I don't know if, if this is appropriate to ask, but generally how much do these, th these, these things cost for maybe an hour session or something like that? Well, I have my personal experience with that, with the different practitioners I know, but I was curious. I had a feeling you were going to ask that question. So I looked up um, what's considered to be kind of the average range, or at least in the U.S., and it can range anywhere from about $40 to $300 a session. And I do personally know some practitioners who will charge up to about $2, $250 for a session. Um, so it can it can really range Uh what my experience has been with practitioners is uh, even if it's their single source of income, the people who practice Reiki, I think, are really passionate about it and really interested in helping people. So I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, kind of sliding scale uh, types of, uh, you know, payment plans for people and basically, you know, asking people to pay what they can for sessions. So I do see a lot of that. Gotcha. Julie, any thoughts on that? Or do you feel Justin covered that pretty well? <laughs> I think he did a great job. Okay, great. I, I'm, I'm looking at our, our time here. These always these podcasts always go so quickly um, and we're kind of coming to the end, but I want to give both of you an opportunity to, to comment on something maybe that I didn't ask or I should have asked, um, you know, maybe a personal experience, maybe recommendations, uh, anything, um, any last minute thoughts from, from either of you? Maybe we'll start with Justin. Um, and, and then go to Julie. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is my chance to say the one thing I've got to say, right? Um, <laughs> while people are listening. Uh, basically that like so many other people who uh, reach out to integrative therapies, uh, my reason for doing that was because I had a health issue and uh, I really hit a dead end. 
in uh, mainstream medicine with both treating it, but also even diagnosing it and finding out what the source was, um, which is why I gravitated to this and began to practice on myself. And so with that, uh, I just want to share my personal experience. I mean, of course, I'm here and talking about it and have received further training because it's been effective for me. Um, I can't say that it's, uh, you know, the issue is a chronic pain issue. I can't say it like all my pain is gone, but it is much improved. And overall, and what was really surprising to me is uh, my quality of life and my overall health has improved dramatically since I began practicing Reiki. And that, you know, I, I think is so important. I think what you said where, you know, you never got the full diagnosis or, or the treatment maybe have helped a little bit, but you, you were searching for more. And I think, I think that's a common theme in all of these integrative health topics that we've been talking about um, on the webinar and, and trying to find kind of this complete solution for individuals. So I appreciate you sharing that. Of course. Uh, Julie, what are any last minute thoughts or, or comments from you? I guess um, I would just share that I think part of the reason that there is this resurgence in looking at these alternatives is people are looking for something different than just medication. And, you know, medication does come at a cost. There are typically, you know, side effects uh, that are not necessarily positive for their health. And so I would just encourage somebody if they have curiosity about it to really reach out to a practitioner or, you know, I would be happy to visit with anybody if they have questions about it or are curious about what it might be able to do to help them step into a place where they can experience better wellness. And um, that, you know, along with your other guest is, you know, I too have had some health issues and have found how Reiki has been able to help me and help others that I've worked on as, as they've been able to come into balance and, and um, create more of a environment where their body can start to heal. I I appreciate that. And, and to your point, uh, if, if both of you are comfortable, would you mind sharing a way that people could reach out to you? Um, We could also put links or, or email addresses in, in the show notes, but uh, maybe if, if you're comfortable sharing that uh, verbally as well. Absolutely. Um, my email is heart link to healing, and that's just the word heart and the word link. So H E A R T L I N K with the number two and then healing H E A L I N G. And that's just at gmail.com. Uh, also my, my phone is area code 208. Four three one nine one two zero. Thank you, Julie um, and Justin. Are you are you comfortable sharing that or? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm located in Utah. I'm happy to you know answer any emails or questions, phone calls if people want to reach out. But in terms of you know actually being able to practice, it would be here local to Utah. My uh, phone number is eight zero one three eight zero zero eight nine six. My personal email address is J Larson. That's L A R S E N dot contact at gmail.com. And my, my practice is actually mobile. So um, I don't have a fixed location, which might uh, interest some people. Yeah. Interesting. And Julie, I I think you may have mentioned this, but you're in Idaho, correct? Correct. Excellent. Well, good. Um, 
uh, thank you both so much for sharing your experiences and your and your thoughts on this. Um, again, uh, to to those listening, this is kind of a deeper dive to some of the topics we explored in our October 2021 uh, webinar on integrative health, and um, maybe we'll do some more of these. Um, and so, appreciate your your being with us, both of you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Indeed, thank you, CJ. And very nice to meet you, Julie. Nice to meet you too. And um, to our guests who are listening, thank you so much. We hope to have you back on another episode of Compliance Conversations. Until then, this is CJ Wolf with Healthicity. Have a great day. Compliance Conversations is sponsored by Healthicity. Healthicity designs software and services that simplify compliance and auditing challenges that reduce your risk and save you money. Where others see complexity, we see simplicity. For more information, visit healthicity.com.